Hi, welcome back to Generation Foundation. This is your co-host, Leslie and Nick Dowling. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about modern smart home devices and percentages of how many households actually have smart devices and what is in store for the future. Years ago, I remember my parents putting timers on the uh, lamps. So when we were not home, people would see lamps going on and off as they passed our home. But with technology today, it's pretty cool to think that all we need is an app to turn on and off our, our lights, to lock and unlock, set the alarms on our homes and much more. So Nick, what kind of uh, information do you have to share with us tonight? Well, I was looking into the history of uh, these voice assistant devices and these smart home devices, which have become prevalent throughout many homes within um, pretty much across the globe, but especially in nations that are developed. Um, and more specifically, I was looking at into some of the statistics of the U.S., but I thought it was interesting to consider the history of these devices. Um, and so companies like IBM were some of the first to um, actually create um, sort of voice recognition uh, technology that was able to pick up um, at first just a few words and a few numbers. Um, but uh, that, that slowly that technology evolved and it was really in the mid, it was really around mid to early 2000s um, when this technology began to pick up. I think that uh, most notably we see that, or at least we remember in uh, about 2011 when Siri came about uh, in Apple. And then from there it was kind of a cascading effect of uh, many other, uh, some of the most prevalent companies creating uh, similar voice recognition techniques um, or technology. Um, and so we have Google, we have Samsung, we have Amazon. Um, and from there you kind of, that's sort of at least the beginning of, um, of, of this technology. And I, th I'm looking at it now and it looks like, um, you know, a number of milestones were reached um, and that eventually allowed for the birth of what is called VoiceBot AI. Um, and I think today, a lot of times when we think about voice recognition technology, we think of the smart speakers uh, like Alexa and Google Home and um, Siri and these HomePods that, that have come about, which can not only control um, certain features within the home, but also answer questions and sort of embody a, a, a personality and have features of their own that we can interact with. Um, so that's sort of in the modern age. And then from there, I was looking into some of the statistics on how prevalent this stuff is. Um, and obviously it's, it's grown rapidly within its introduction into smartphones and other devices. Um, and so it was forecasted 
that uh, this is from Insider Intelligence that is about 41.9% of U.S. households had a smart home device uh, within within their home, which roughly um, came out to around 60 million U.S. households, um, and by 2025, that number increased just below 50% of total U.S. households having some type of smart home device. Uh, but that kind of level off as the percent change as we near 2025 will decrease. And so I think that it's likely that we will fluctuate around uh, 50% for some time. At least, at least that is what Insider Intelligence and some of the other sources that I looked at are are considering, but I think it was a number that I saw. It was roughly around 80% of people buying homes today uh, would would either like or consider having um, some type of smart home device to complement the functions of the home and how they live. Uh, so I think it's an interesting opportunity then for the real estate market to uh, look into implementing this into just new homes uh, as they're built almost uh, if, if we're considering real estate in that uh, the, the market for homes uh, in that you could build a home and implement uh, a smart home system um, from the get-go rather than buying a home and then bringing that those devices into the home so I'm sure that all that stuff is being considered um, but I think that it is good, uh, and I think that it's, you know, there's more to come with it, I believe. Absolutely. I just am amazed that with technology today, it really is becoming so much more user-friendly. Um, just years ago, like even 20 years ago, installing um, a system like uh, devices uh, for alarm systems uh, it was so convoluted with these wires and bars across the windows, and we still have it actually in our basement. But I mean, you try to open your window and the spring just pops and then the whole system is off. But it's just amazing to think that on your phone, you have everything right there on your iPhone with the different apps um, that are available just to press a couple of buttons, lock up your home, turn on um, your security system. And if somebody's at your front door, there are so many systems now that you don't really need a company to come in to install it. You could go over to like a, a Lowe's or a Home Depot, and I guess, what is it called, Ring or something? Um, the device that I think was on, um, what is that show? Um, where these guys came up with this system and now you could buy it anywhere. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm having a senior moment. What's the name of the, uh, the show where they come up with all these new innovative things and then Mark Cuban and all these people. Oh, Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Thank you very much. So um, I think I saw that years ago on Shark Tank. And now, I mean, these guys are smiling from ear to ear, uh, making a ton of money on, on these devices that now you can just have 
anyone install your teenager, your probably your kid can install it um, on the front entrance of your home. And then what you could do is check out your app, see who is at your front door. You could set it. Um, some of these devices, you could actually set the number of minutes you want it to be activated to go on and off. And then the video is uploaded and you could see what the heck's going on in your front entrance. So. Yeah, I, uh, I'm into, uh, or at least I find on YouTube, a lot of the times that there are um, kind of horror stories of instances where uh, people check their apps and they see a stranger or somebody or something strange happening outside their house uh, via the, the ring device. So there's definitely positive app um, applications of that being used and yeah uh, you no. know it, it, it works for what it is so the only concern that there was i remember is um you um when they had uh these devices in children's rooms uh and then when you know the monitor is set off the parents could see what's going on if they're downstairs in their um, watching TV and the child is upstairs, maybe trying to go to sleep. And maybe you could share some insight on this, Nick. Um, there were, there's a capability where other people remotely can tap into it and talk into it to these kids. And there was this twisted situation where some guy was talking to this little girl saying, this is Santa Claus. Uh, and it was just crazy. Um, well, so it, it's, the frequencies, it's I just guess. Devices like that use radio frequencies. And yeah. so um, it's almost like if you think about a walkie-talkie, a lot of times, depending on what network you're on, you can interact with other people that are within a given area. So uh, Yeah, that's crazy yeah. when you think about I mean, it. Yeah, sometimes it's hard or some devices don't have the capability just to be on a closed line which is just uh, communication, no interference between two yeah. devices. Like, Yeah, that's a little crazy. But for anyone that's out there, just um, before you jump into getting like a high-tech security system, do your diligence and see what's out there because it is so much more affordable than years ago. Um, and they're super user-friendly to install in your home. Um, and, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share, Nick, about these, uh, user-friendly devices? Cause I'm sure once you get older and you settle down, maybe if you have a family or have your own home, it's going to be pretty cool to see as you forecast out what the future will hold and how smart friendly these homes are going to be, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I was just looking around our own home and I saw, uh, devices like Google Home and Alexa that we have here. So I wanted to look into it a little bit and just uh, consider consider uh, what we think about it. So, yeah. And uh, before we close for today about this interesting topic of conversation, I just wanted to share with everybody um, towards the end of the summer, uh, Nick and his father will be going to the CrossFit Games in Wisconsin. And there's going to be a lot of great insight and shares I'm sure Nick will have um, on Generation Foundation. So uh, when exactly are you going? Uh, for five days at the beginning of August. Very cool. 
Um, and did you get any special tickets to see anything? Yeah, we got a few special tickets, so we'll have access to some of the behind-the-scenes work and what goes into making the uh, that that whole uh, competition run. So that'll be cool, and I'm sure we'll meet a lot of uh, really uh, famous people within the within the space. So very cool. A uh, quick question before we go. Um, do you, when, when did CrossFit training really evolve or become popular? Is it a fairly new sport? Yeah, compared to other sports, it is fairly new. It came about within the early 2000s. Um, and a lot of people were doing styles of training similar to it, high intensity styles of training prior to it. But I think that CrossFit fit, met its foundation uh, within uh, communities such as um, first responders, as well as uh, the military communities. And then from there, it was kind of the brand evolved um, and became an official CrossFit brand. But, um, mm -hmm. and you know, since then we have, we have things now where it pulls some of the best CrossFit athletes from around the world and allows them to, to be able to compete in a, in a, in a competition like the CrossFit games, which I'm attending, you know, and I, and I enjoy following the sport and I follow closely. I do it myself. So, um, it's, it's impressive what, what people are able to do with their bodies. And I think that uh, a lot of people that do CrossFit and actually, um, invest in, invest time into considering what it actually is, find that they, um, find it to be, to be worthwhile, but you just have to train smart. And you have to really learn the foundations, um, which I think some people lack. And that's where CrossFit gets a lot of criticism. But that is just one area of fitness among among others. And I think that it's not end our be all or a zero sum game. I think that incorporating uh, a lot of different types of training together ultimately can create kind of like a complete athlete. So it's but it, but it is really worthwhile in my opinion so well i'm really happy for you that you're going and i want to thank you for not inviting me <laughs> i wasn't invited to all our listeners but that's okay because it's a father-son bonding time but um watch out because next year i might be going with you guys so yeah check out some of our latest episodes and past episodes we have some great conversation about health and wellness and um Thanks for taking some time out to uh, chat about smart devices and giving us a little bit more info on your trip to Wisconsin. So uh, see you all soon. And thanks again for everybody listening in and supporting mm -hmm. Generation. Generation Foundation. All right. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.